What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast streams are activated. Over the next 45 minutes, you will be informed and entertained. Welcome to the podcast that breaks down Washington football team news and updates from the world of sports. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. I'm taking back this mind. And everything's going to be just like it used to be. After practice with Lake Lewis starts now. Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're on there. Uh, We definitely appreciate all the support. And then you can watch this podcast. Obviously, if you're watching it right now, you're on sportsjourney.com. So yes, remember, you can watch the podcast always from sportsjourney.com. Today, we've got a lot of things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about naturally... As we always do, we start with the Washington football team, a team that I cover here locally in the uh, Washington greater metropolitan area, if you want to call it that. I actually live in Northern Virginia, but we're going to break down a question that I asked on social media the other day, and that question was simple. What do you want to see from the Washington football team for the remainder of the 2020 season? You know, I asked you three things, got tons of uh, responses from fans out there. Uh, We're going to try to read some of those responses as we go through this podcast today. Uh, So we're going to break that down, you know, because I think that there are some things that I personally would like to see from this team going forward. You know, I I think that, uh, you know, the situation with the head coach, Ron Rivera, comes in here and he inherits a mess. Let's just call it like it is. This is, you know, and and I don't want to say is because I do see some things changing drastically for the better. Uh, but this was a just a, a downtrodden organization, poorly ran organization. And Ron Rivera has come in, uh, changed the culture, is trying to change the culture. Naturally, the hardest culture to change is wins and losses. And when you're used to losing, which this organization has been for some time, now that's the next process, you know, to try to find a way to win games, no matter how you do it, just to get a check mark under the W column. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about some college football uh, because there's a big story brewing right here locally, University of Maryland, and uh, their head coach, Mike Loxley, test positive for COVID. 
And yet again, this is the climate that we're living in right now. So their game against Michigan State this weekend is canceled. That's two games in a row for the University of Maryland in the Big Ten that they've had to cancel games that uh, I think a lot of Maryland alum were really looking forward to. Uh, they destroyed my school, <laughs> Penn State, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you wanted to see that momentum for them and see where they stand. You know, I think Ohio State would have been a really good barometer for them to see, you know, how far are they from Ohio State. I don't think anyone expected for Maryland to go beat Ohio State, but at the same time, you never know. You wanted to see that game. Well, that game was canceled, and now this Saturday's game is canceled. So what are the ramifications for that? And what does that tell us about the climate that we're in right now and the spread of COVID-19 even more so than what we were experiencing pretty much for most of 2020? Also, last night, NBA draft. A lot of young men are really happy this morning. Uh, they're living out their childhood dream. They get their names announced, and they know where they're going to be heading to as far as where they're going to start their professional careers. And were there any storylines, any surprises? I don't think so. Um, I think the, the Washington Wizards got a really nice pick, you know, and Danny Avija from, from Israel. Uh, you know, I hope I pronounced his, his name right, didn't butcher it. But, you know, this is a young guy that I remember a couple years ago hearing about. And, and, and that's not to say, oh, I was ahead of the game. No, I just remember being on YouTube one evening and a friend of mine was like, hey, there's a kid, uh, you know, from Israel that they're saying could be very similar to uh, Luka Doncic, you know, who was the uh, rookie of the year when he came over so from Europe. So this is a, you know, per potentially a nice pick for the Washington Wizards. So we'll talk about that as well. Getting back to the Washington football team. You know, this has been a, a tough year for a lot of people, not just because of COVID-19 and, and, you know, the uncertainty of, of life, you know, as far as you know, your daily surroundings, you know, how you're protecting your families or just in general. Sports plays a big part in that. And, you know, we're fortunate enough that a lot of these athletes have decided to play. And, you know, I don't care what anyone says. It's not an easy decision. Uh, you know, I know some of you will say, well, I'm having to go to work and I don't make any kind of money like that. It's still a choice. You know, you still have a choice in this country. Last time I looked and I applaud athletes for putting themselves out there because to the same person out there that's saying you still have to go to work. I'm not sure if you're exposed unless you're a first responder, which I have the utmost respect for. And if you're a first responder watching this program, you know, I salute you and, and give you all the credit and all the glory because of what you're doing for all of us out there. But for the normal person who is not a first responder and you're being forced or whatever to go into work, I sympathize with you on that as well. You know, a lot of us have the luxury to being being able to work from home. A lot of us have the, the luxuries of of doing some things that are a little unique and different, you know, so I, I understand that, you know, this 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 studio I'm in is home. So trust me, I, I understand that and I sympathize with you. But as far as athletes playing, that was a choice they had to make. And a lot of us needed that entertainment. We really did. We needed that form of entertainment in the worst way. So Washington, young football team, uh, you know, did not benefit from some of the normal, uh, you know, off-season activities that professional football teams get. There was no, you know, rookie OTAs. 
There was no OTAs. There were no mini camps. There were no, uh, you know, training camps, no preseason. And yeah, I understand that there was a watered down version of a training camp. All that was was, you know, a week and a half, two weeks of condensing everything that they didn't get for the previous four or five months leading up to a normal training camp. When you're a young football team with a new head coach, first of all, you need every practice and every rep you possibly can get. And I think what we've seen with this Washington football team is, yes, we've seen some young talent on this team. I'd be the first to say, you know, that there, yes, there are some players on this team that you definitely have the opportunity to grow with. You know, make no mistake about that. That's not, that's not going to change anyone's opinion as far as mine because I look at some of these young players and I think that they could be contributors on other teams. That's how I know if there's talent on a football team or a basketball team, baseball team, NHL team, whatever you call a soccer team. If I see that there's a player or two or three or four on a team that other teams would line up to take, then I know that there's some talent. You may not be a whole lot. You know, we're not talking about the Kansas City Chiefs here, the defending Super Bowl champions. We're talking about a young football team and a Washington football team. Ron Rivera did not have the opportunity to really size up his players, you know, to, to, to get a chance to see exactly what each guy is great at. He had to figure that stuff out pretty much on the fly during the season. And that's why I'm going to say something that may shock a lot of people out there. I know I've been critical of a lot of coaching decisions that this team has made this year. Forget the years past where I, you know, went to town on guys. I'm talking about this year. There's been some, some head-scratching decisions. You know, the two-point conversion attempt in New York, to me, was a head-scratcher. I understand the theory behind it. You play to win. You're trying to show your young guys that they're trying to win games. I get it. I would have kicked the extra point and gone into overtime because I thought the momentum was on Washington's side. But that's why I'm sitting here doing this show and Ron Rivera's coaching. <laughs> okay? There's a reason why I cover this team as a beat reporter, but yet... I'm not coaching. I get it. Another head-scratcher was just last week, a big-time head-scratcher. Reverse play, opening drive, you're looking pretty good. The offense is humming. It's moving. You have the potential to score. First time all year on your opening drive. You're the only team in the NFL that hasn't done it. And you, second and two, inside the red zone, you inexplicably call a reverse. And it was blown up, and everything fell apart from there. We get that. That was a head-scratcher. That wasn't necessarily Ron Rivera's call. That was offensive coordinator Scott Turner's call. But still, coaching, I'm lumping them together. Bad call. A couple of other head scratchers. You know, the decision to bench Dwayne Haskins. Again, am I a Dwayne Haskins supporter and say that he's the guy for the future? No, I'm not. But I also feel like Dwayne Haskins' situation was not handled properly. And I have no problem saying that. Dwayne Haskins in four games. Four games, your first-round draft pick from a year ago. I understand you inherited him. You did not draft him. But nonetheless, you needed to find out what you had in this guy, and you're not going to find that out in practice. I'm sorry. You just don't. Some guys don't look good in practice, but when they get in games, they tear it up. Some guys look you know, great in practice, and when they get in the games, they look terrible. So you have to find what you have in this guy because you need to increase his trade value if you don't want him. You can't do that by having him on the bench. And for my money, you have to ask the question, was Kyle Allen or Alex Smith 
were those your guys for the future? And I think the answer to that to anyone that knows football was not long-term. I think Alex Smith right now is playing himself into potentially being the starting quarterback next year on opening day, but they still better draft a quarterback and they still better draft a very good one because they need one, okay? But I'm going to say something here, like I said, that I think is going to surprise a lot of you. I'm giving Ron Rivera a pass for this whole season. I, I truly am. The more I've thought about it, yes, I'm still going to be critical of bad decisions that I see, but I think for the most part, this is not his football team. He's had one draft class, and out of this draft class, think about it. You have a starting defensive lineman in Chase Young who looks like a guy that's going to be around for a long time wreaking havoc on quarterbacks. For everyone out there saying, oh, he's not getting any more sacks, go back and look at the film. That's all I have to tell you. Look at the film. Do what we do for a living, and you'll see that this guy's being chipped, being double teamed. The focus of the opposing team's offensive line is looking at Chase Young. That needs to open up avenues for other players to step their games up who haven't. Let's call it like it is. Another player, Ron Rivera, drafted. Ironically, uh, you know, was his uh, second pick in the draft, and that was, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson running back out of Memphis. By the way, he's their starting running back. By the way, he's their leading rusher, one of their leading pass catchers as well. So you're getting production from him. That's two players I just named, the first two from Ron Rivera's draft class. You have some other players in this draft class that have contributed on special teams, but you also have now, later on in the draft, a late-round draft pick, uh, Cameron Curl, safety. He's starting now, and he's starting to, you know, come around. You know, there's still some, some holes in his game that obviously rookies have, and he has to work on. His coverage skills have to improve, but this guy will come up and knock your lights out, and, and that's something that you can't teach. You know, he's a, he's a head basher. He's a guy that will come up and lay wood on you. And that's not necessarily something, as I said, you can teach. So those are three starters out of this draft class. You know, Kalik Hudson, some other guys, or uh, James Williams, you know, those are guys that are on special teams contributing. You know, Keith Ishmael's an offensive lineman that they're pretty high on. So there are other guys, Antonio uh, Golden Gandy. I mean, those are guys that, you know, that, haven't come around just yet, but there's still potential there. So that's Ron Rivera's first draft class. But everything else he inherited. He inherited the Dwayne Haskins situation. He inherited the Alex Smith situation. He inherited a lot of things. He also inherited a, a young, potentially dominant player in Terry McLaurin. So you have to take all of that with a grain of salt and say, you know what? What has Ron Rivera done well? Well, I think from a cultural standpoint, you can clearly see, no, we're not in the locker rooms this year, you know, for the first time ever. We're not in the locker rooms able to interact daily with the players like we've done in the past and years past. Um, I still talk to some of the guys, and, and I can tell you safely, there's, there's no prima donnas floating around the building now. <laughs> and I'm sorry if if you're watching this and, and you're a former player and you were one of the prima donnas, you know who you are. I mean, I don't have to say that. There were guys that had egos, huge egos. And the problem was this team sported guys with huge egos and they weren't winning games. 
There were guys that could say, hey, but I got mine. You know, I did my thing on Sunday, but they lost. So to me, that, that what you did is irrelevant because, you know, maybe it helps you with your paycheck, which is never irrelevant. Trust me, I understand. But you didn't do enough to make a football team win. And that's to me is what Ron Rivera is trying to do culturally. They're trying to win games here. He could care less if a guy runs for 200 yards and they lose. But if a guy runs for 20 yards and he helped contribute to them getting a W, that's what he's trying to do here. And so for me, I'm giving him this first year as a pass because this isn't his football team. He only has seven guys that are his, literally. You have some free agents, of course, that he brought in, you know, Peyton Barber, J.D. McKissick. Yeah, those are guys that he's brought in. And by the way, J.D. McKissick's producing. Peyton Barber, you know, he's spot duty at times. But for the most part, the other players on this roster, they're auditioning. I don't care what anyone says. They're auditioning for Ron Rivera, for Scott Turner, for Jack Del Rio. There's some guys that have come here that were drafted, high pedigree, coming from great colleges, and I just haven't seen them live up to their draft status. It's not to knock them and say they're not good, but but for the flip side, I always use a guy like Matt Ioannidis, who's out for the season. We know about uh, what is the bicep injury, and this is a guy that high motor, came from Temple, uh, was a fourth-round draft pick or fifth-rounder, fourth or fifth, one or the other. I could be mistaken. I'm pretty sure it was like a, a fourth-rounder. And he, he's their best lineman, in my opinion. He really is. Chase Young clearly has the most potential and will be their best lineman. But Matt Ioannidis is missed right now, big time, big time. Those are the players that will help this team win. Those are the guys that will always perform and outplay their draft status as opposed to underperform from their draft status. And that's where this football team is right now. So Ron Rivera is taking the ingredients that were given to him and he's trying to make all of us a nice meal. He's trying to make all of us a nice meal. But when he's able to go to the grocery store and get the ingredients that he needs, he gets everything that he needs to make the food the way he wants to prepare it then you'll start to see some changes. And I think those will start to happen next year in a non-COVID season when a young team, as I said, has a chance to have OTAs, rookie mini camps, mini camps, uh, you know, training camps, preseason games, where you can get full evaluations from guys on what they can offer to this team. The other thing I will say that I was disappointed with as far as an error was I just didn't like the talk of competing for an NFC crown, NFC East crown. They're not good enough for that right now. Even in a horrible division this year, they're still not a team that you would think is going to be literally, you know, that team that's going to win the NFC East. You know, the Cowboys have a lot of talent, but they've got their own issues. The Giants, to me, are playing the best right now in the division. They look like the team that is being coached up. And, and performing on the field and have all their pieces, you know, starting to mesh at the right time. You only need to win two or three more games in the NFC East and, and, and come up with a total of six. That's going to win the division this year. Six wins is winning the division this year. A lot of people are still stuck on the Philadelphia Eagles and think that they're going to be the team to get it done. I'm not necessarily buying that, and I'm not necessarily feeling that at all. 
I think the Giants are going to win the NFC East, as crazy as that sounds. And I know it's crazy. I know a lot of you are going to be like, Lake, what are you talking about? I think the Giants are winning the NFC East. You can mark it down right now today. You can mark it down on the 19th of November 2020 that I think that they're going to win the division, the New York Giants. Okay? Some of the things that I got on social media, uh, you know, I, I got had some people say to me, that what they're looking for is they're looking for a more consistent defensive effort, you know. And again, the defense has not lived up to their billing. Yeah, they've got a pretty nice passer, uh, you know, pass rating as far as yards allowed in the passing game. You know, they're in the top five. They've they've been number one for a while. I think they're st I think they may have dropped a little, but they're still a top five unit. It's hard to pass the ball on them. However, I think. Unfortunately, that stat is a little inflated because they played some teams with some horrible passing games this year. They played some teams that ran the football down their throat and they didn't need to pass the football. So let's not take that number and think that this team is just, you know, lights out in the passing game where you're not passing the ball on them. Matt Stafford last week did a number on them and he went at their best corner, Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller was targeted five times. So... I don't think that that defense is striking fear in people where they think they can't pass the football on them. Kyler Murray, week two, Arizona Cardinals passed the football on them, did pretty well. But if you think of some of the other teams, uh, Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, they ran the football. You know, Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt, they combined collectively, I think, for over 150 yards in that game. Just a couple weeks ago, the New York Giants rushed for over 150 yards against them with uh, Alfred Morris and, and, and Wayne Gallman. So Daniel Jones didn't really need to pass the ball. Those are the type of things that, you know, you don't want to have an inflated stat. The Dallas Cowboys can't run or pass, and, you know, Washington did a number on them. So that number's a little inflated. I don't think that this defense has lived up to the billing that they're capable of. And I understand they had a big loss to Landon Collins. They're starting strong safety. But one player doesn't make a unit. And for that, for my money, Landon Collins was struggling before he was injured anyway. To me, Matt Ioannidis, I, I tweeted it out when it happened. You can't replace him. That's going to sting them. And I had people coming at me. What are you talking about? They still have Deron Payne. They still have, you know, all these other first rounders, Jonathan Allen, you know, first round draft pick. You still have, you know, Tim Settle. You have Chase Young. And I said, listen, take nothing away from those guys Matt Ioannidis is still their best interior lineman. I'm sorry, and I'm still sticking to that. They have not been able to replace him, and his value for this team is showing by not being in uniform. So are you going to give Ron Rivera a pass? Are you going to say, you know what, this isn't his team. He's doing the best he can do. This guy has had to wear so many hats this year uh, outside of being a coach, and then on top of that, you know, the guy was battling for his own preservation and with his life as far as cancer. To me, you have to commend the man. You do. You, you do. No one put me up to this. No one asked me to say, well, go in there and talk, you know, kindly about Washington. I call it like I see it. For this guy, he's done a lot for this organization in just a short, brief period of time. How can you not root for him? How can you not want to see them be successful? There's no phoniness with this guy. He's real. Um, so real that sometimes he makes real decisions that ruffle feathers <laughs> that some of us don't understand. 
but at least he's making a decision that he is coming to the podium and telling us in the media he's going to make the decision and he'll live and die with it. He'll make the decision and and he'll 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 suffer the consequences if they're bad, you know? I respect that. And and I think I wish we had seen more of that over the years as opposed to when things didn't go right. It was quote unquote Mr. Snyder's problem. It was Dan Snyder's fault. It was Bruce Allen's fault. It was my quarterback doesn't want to stand in the pocket and throw the football. Oh, it was my quarterback doesn't want to look down the field to throw the football. Oh, well, the defense can't get anyone off the field on third downs. It was always someone else's problem as opposed to one person who was leading the charges problem. And that's where I think Ron Rivera has separated himself severely from Jay Gruden, from Mike Shanahan. He's honing up, owning up to his, you know, his play calls. He's owning up to him being in control and trying to lead this organization, uh, you know, in the future the right way. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. Some of your other things that you mentioned, uh, you know, during, you know, our time together talking on social media. And as always, folks, you know, I, I do want to mention that you can follow me on on Twitter at Lake Lewis. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Lake Lewis Jr. Um, I, I love interacting with you guys. I always try to, you know, make time to, to do that because you guys are, are you guys are my backbone. Literally, let's just call it like it is without you. I'm not doing any of this stuff. So I appreciate that. Um, as always, too, you can follow the good work from uh, a lot of people that, are, that are, are making me look good every day at Sports Journey. Uh, you know, you can follow them on SportsJourney.com, on Instagram and Facebook, and then on Sports Journey on Twitter. And then, you know, some of the individual names. You know, you can follow Carita Parks, DJ Bland, Bob Matthews, Mike Gray, Diane Cheesebro, um, Jeff Little, you know, I, I, I've got a good group of people out there and, and, and they work hard. So, you know, Serge the Shooter, our photographer, what's up? You know, we, we've got a really dynamic, good group of people out there. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud of their work. And again, they make me look good. So college football, is it, 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 can it get any, any worse right now? I mean, you're having games postponed. And the more games that are starting to get postponed, you know, just a week ago, we watched Notre Dame upset Clemson or, or two weeks ago. I apologize. They upset Clemson because their best player and perhaps the best player in all of college football, Trevor Lawrence, had COVID. So he didn't play. Clemson goes to South Bend and loses to Notre Dame. Uh, by the way, when they play again in the ACC championship game, I'm predicting a, a, a Clemson humiliating beatdown of Notre Dame. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I said it. They're going to beat them down because Trevor Lawrence will be in the game. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll have that game. But because of the way that things are going right now, we may not. Maryland, University of Maryland, I mentioned earlier. Mike Loxley, their head coach, tested positive for COVID. Their game is canceled this weekend against Michigan State. That's two in a row. Ohio State, Maryland was canceled a week ago. Now you have this weekend's game canceled. We've already seen other games, uh, you know, around college football postponed. Wisconsin, you know, another Big Ten team postponed, uh, you know, two games earlier in the year. And we're talking about good football teams here. I know it's crazy to say Maryland's a good football team, and, and I'm not saying that because they dismantled my school two weeks ago. They're a good football team, and they've got some NFL players on that roster. You know, they've got a wide receiver in Demas I like quite a bit. 
Um, I like Tua's younger younger brother <laughs> quite a bit. They've got an athlete at quarterback, something my school could use, but let me not go there. So another story for another day. You're talking good football teams. Wisconsin is a team that potentially could challenge Ohio State. They could play Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game and, and have a chance to perhaps get to the, you know, the, the college football playoffs if there is one. So we're not talking about just mid-level teams here. We're talking about Power Five conference teams that are winning and have aspirations. And when you're canceling games, sometimes you just have to ask yourself, is it worth just continually canceling games? Is it worth to do that? Or should there be a cancellation of the season? And I think that's a question that needs to be asked now. You know, are we, are we getting to a point now where we're so selfish that we don't want to admit maybe we should just shut this thing down for a little bit you know and get everybody healthy here i understand we've got a new president coming in new administration maybe they'll do some things differently uh, you know i'm not playing politics here but something needs to be done because there are a lot of people losing their lives to a disease that for all intents and purposes should not have gone this amok it, it should not ravage this country the way it's doing um, so something needs to be done I don't know what that answer is. I just know something different needs to be done because there's too many deaths going on. I'll let you play the role of political stuff as far as you should you wear a mask or should schools be open and you know, these things affect my own house, of course. But I know how I handle them. It could be different from the way you handle them. But nevertheless, sports, as I mentioned before, play such a big part on everything that we do. We need it. We want it. And we don't want to admit when potentially, you know, maybe we need to go without it. See, I thought for a long time, I thought the country was doing just fine without it. And, and I, here it is. This is what I do for a living. This is how I make money. But I'm just being real with you folks, which I always try to be at, the, at worst. The country had figured out what they needed to do, what it needed to do in order to exist in order to get through this and everything was was started off i think with the right mindset and then it fell apart people couldn't stay in the house people had to go to restaurants you know you're sitting outside at restaurants and people are partying group sessions partying and and daring people to to prove to them that this thing is real how about saying that to the millions of people who've been infected by this disease. How about saying that to the almost 300,000 people who've lost family members? Uh, you know, who, I'm sorry, 300,000 deaths. So clearly way more people were affected by those deaths. How about telling them to their face? Nah, it's just not real. It's just, you know, a, a trumped up thing here. And I don't mean that literally. I'm just saying, you know, a drummed up thing. How about that for word play? We're at a point now where when you start seeing games canceled, you start seeing star players getting sick, coaches getting sick, you have to ask yourself, is the money really worth it to have these games? I understand some schools need these games. They need the gates. They need the money to, to have, you know, science labs, to have, you know, libraries. I get it. But man, you know, at what, what expense, at what cost are we doing this stuff at? I think that's a fair question to ask. Again, 
I don't have the answers to all this stuff. I'm not even trying to pretend I have the answers to it. Uh, I'm just a, a taxpaying citizen that's waiting for a proper answer. But whatever's been done so far, it hasn't been working. It just hasn't been. So something needs to be done. Or we're going to have cancellations of next year. And that's what my concern is. You know, the NBA is supposed to start back up the end of December. I can't wait. I want that. You know, I, I can't wait till we have a full offseason, like I mentioned, for football activities leading up until training camp preseason. You know, I, I can't wait till, you know, there's a spring practice for, for baseball. All the things that we used to look forward to on a calendar year, you knew when those things were coming and you waited and waited and waited. You get through one season, another one's going on. Then it picks up. The NBA picks up after Christmas. All those things. We need that. And if we keep going the way we have been going, these things may be canceled for a duration of time, and that would suck. Let's just call it like it is. That would be a major, major, major problem and blow for a lot of us out there. Again, you can talk to me about all this stuff on social media. You know, I, I, I love doing that. I love reading your comments. I love, you know, breaking down some of the things you have to say. And, you know, naturally, we started today's program talking about what are you looking for from the Washington football team? What are the things you want to see from them for the remainder of the 2020 season? You know, we talked about uh, just briefly just now college football. You know, a couple cancellations, major cancellations. One affects this area with the University of Maryland not playing Michigan State this weekend. The second week in a row, they didn't play Ohio State last weekend. On a feel-good side, you know, we had the NBA draft last night. And... A lot of young men, you know, are, are able to, to wake up today and feel like it's Christmas early. You know, they're living their childhood dream out. And, you know, their name was called yesterday virtually, different different setup. But I thought ESPN uh, did a really good job with their coverage. And, uh, you know, a, a little bit of, um, you know, I will say this, though. I don't like hearing all the tragedy stories and things like that. Uh, I understand that, you know, those are things that some of these families, unfortunately, have had to weather and go through. But on a positive night, I, I just wish sometimes that was scaled down just a little bit. I know the NFL did this last year in the draft, and it was, to me, it was too much. You know, I'm just calling it like it is. I, I don't want to see all the negative and, and tragic stories. I understand that is their story, but that doesn't have to be our story. That doesn't have to be something that I know that family went through. That's, that's, that's something near and dear to them. And maybe that's something that they don't want to keep rehashing and hearing about either. You know, so the young men last night, congratulations to you. You're in the NBA. Congratulations to you because veteran players are going to come at you real hard to see what you have. <laughs> so hopefully you're up for the challenge. But, uh, you know, you know I, I think the kid Edwards going to Minnesota was a good look for them. They, they need a, a score to go with D'Angelo Russell and the cat. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, if you don't know who Cat is, uh, you know, they, they need another player to build with because Minnesota's been bad for so long. They need all the help they can get. Number two pick, James Wiseman. I think that was a great, great pick by the Golden State Warriors, which was a little, little bit of a, you know, a, a letdown to the pick, not because of Wiseman himself. He's a great young talent, great big. But because the news last night of Clay Thompson potentially having a serious uh, leg injury, you know, there was some rumors 
swirling around and I don't, I don't even want to, I don't talk rumors. Okay. Um, so we'll just wait and see what happens. But if Clay Thompson is going to be out for a duration of time, that would, that would really suck. You know, Golden State's my team away from, you know, my, my, my media side, you know, from a fandom standpoint, I really enjoy watching them. Um, big Steph Curry fan. And, uh, you know, the Splash Brothers, I was really looking forward to getting them back and seeing them and seeing them with, you know, Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green and, and potentially James Wiseman. And now they have James Wiseman. And, you know, we'll wait and see if they're going to be able to play together. But that that starting five would be pretty good. And I think it would put Golden State right back there in the mix as far as a championship contender. If Clay's out, they're going to have to use their mid-level uh, you know, exemption uh, uh, for a veteran player that they, they still have that because remember they traded Andre Iguodala last year. So they have like $17.8 million, $18 million that they can spend on a veteran. And that's a good, good, good price to get someone that's decent up in there. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, um, third pick, one of the Ball brothers, LaMelo Ball, who I personally think is going to be the best out of all of them. I think Charlotte got a, a potential star in the making. And for that market, you know, kind of a, a mid, mid-sized mid market, small market, um, that, that gives them some instant star power. That gives them someone that fans are going to buy tickets to see. Let's just face it. They're going to buy tickets to see how his dad and Michael Jordan are going to coexist. Uh, you know, so there's some potential there for some star power that I think a lot of people are going to want to see. So that's going to be pretty good, too. I can't wait to see that. Uh, the Wizards took a kid from Israel that's got a lot of potential. You know, will he come in and, and, and fit in right away with this team? You know, it's kind of hard to say because, you know, I'm not sure if this team that is currently constructed will be their team um, come the end of December. You know, you still have free agency out there. Perhaps they're going to try to, you know, get a free agent. I know that there's talk to John Wall and Bradley Bill are going to try to recruit some players to come here. We'll see how that works. Um, you know, there was talk a couple nights ago before the draft that John Wall was potentially being shopped for Russell Westbrook, and I'm glad that didn't go through. And, and people were coming at me on social media like, Lake, what are you talking about? Russell Westbrook's great. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not taking anything away from Russell Westbrook. I'm just saying Russell Westbrook's not a great shooter. He's not. Let's call it like it is. He's a volume shooter. He's a great player that, that slashes. He gets to the cup. He goes to the rack. But he's not a great three-point shooter by any means and that's John Wall's Achilles too Achilles Hill too he can't shoot great from beyond the arc either so it was kind of like you're getting rid of a, a younger player for an older player Westbrook's two years older than John Wall and for my money you can make the trade or you guaranteed that Russell Westbrook would stay here see I think you're more certain that John Wall will stick around here long term with a Bradley Bill and I want to see them play together. So I'm a little stingy with that thought process. I'm a little selfish with it. But I want to see what they can do. I want to see now John Wall, um, you know, the kid Denny uh, Vija from, from Israel. I want to see Rudy Hachimura, you know, uh, Bryant. I, I want to see all these guys, you know, Bertrands. Do they, do they keep him? Do they somehow find a way to keep him on the roster? I want to see all these things for this team. Um, you know, because I think they have potential to, to compete for a playoff spot. I didn't say a high seed, but they have potential to compete for a playoff spot. And that's something that I think a lot of us would like to see 
with the Washington Wizards because they've been bad for some time. I know a couple years ago they had a nice run in the playoffs, lost to the Celtics. Um, you know, Eastern Conference semifinals, they, they, they really had a chance to, to do something there, and they lost in that game seven. But outside of that, it, it's been tough sledding for this organization. Tommy Shepard's in now, um, pretty much replaces Ernie Grunfeld, who I think a lot of us wanted out of building for a long time. Um, so Tommy Shepard's in charge now, and, and, and all eyes are on him and what he's trying to do with this team. You know, this year's important. So we'll see what he tries to put together and come up with uh, you know, for this team. And they still have another draft pick, I think, today in the in the second part of the draft. So we'll see who they pick with that. Folks, as always, uh, check us out, sportsjourney.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Deezer, uh, Stitch, you name it, SoundCloud. It's, it's on there. Um, you know, we appreciate all the support. I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate the DMs I get from people thanking me for the show and they like what we're doing. So appreciate it. Um, I do plan on having guests on here, but you know, I just kind of want to warm you up to me and show you how I do this. And uh, we'll get those big name people on there, you know, real soon. So again, as always, have a great day. Be safe out there and wear a mask. Take care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.